From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Nudists, some of them love mac and cheese. Wait, what? What is even going on anymore? It's just so infuriating every time we do these. Let me go get a glass of milk, some of my chocolate chip cookies, and good old supermarket sweep. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Here we go. Tuesday, Cofield and Company. Adam Hill is here as the company Finley Toyota Studios. Much to get to on a busy Tuesday. It's always freaking busy. We're getting ready for the PGA in many ways, wagering. And I was fascinated by some of the stuff I saw last night come out about concession prices. And when I looked at it, I was like, what's the big deal? Right? People are griping about the PGA Championship and concession prices, so we'll get to that in about 15 minutes. Obviously, Tiger Woods will be a part of the discussion today. Lots of Raiders lists and indexes and odds, and you know, Raider blogdom is all doing the Arthur Fist over malicious facts. Sometimes the lists are not facts, but when you throw out odds, those are they're odds. You can bet them. That's sure. the great thing about it. If you think the odds are so stupid... Bargain. You're going to make a freaking killing. So we got all that coming up on a busy Tuesday. It's the three on Cofield and Company. We also go to Aces basketball in about three hours and 45 minutes. They're in town. I love this run coming up. There are no two bigger yutzes in the WNBA than Diana Taurasi. Batten down the hatches. Mua, McUltra Arena, Mandalay Bay, doors could be broken. Tarazi's in town. Right? You remember last year? Of course. She broke a door, and then the Chicago Sky had the door up on the stage after they won the title. Does anyone call it? The Mercury, the Mercury were such sore losers led by Tarazi. Does anyone call it Mua? I will. Okay. You're like uh, our, our friend Arash trying to call the bridge the Haas. He still um, tried I actually used the Haas the other day, and then I immediately <laughs> got rejected by another local. Yes, it's not the Hacienda Bridge and uh, King of Las Vegas. He dubbed that. He dubbed himself King of Las Vegas. Self dubbed. Uh, so, well, I mean, the, the fortress does have a sandwich named after him. Um, but for, yeah, he wants to go night. with Hacienda. He wants to call it the Haas. It's not. It's not going to take off. But he tried to like he spent like all last year trying to make it happen, and then last week he just threw it out again. He did throw it out for the. Uh, I think the, the night, and I think you just you just heard about this, and we're like, whoa. The massive uh, WWE pay-per-view on the same night as the UFC pay-per-view. I know. I had no idea. And uh, In July? Yeah, and he's like, wow, the Haas is going to be hopping that night for people going. Like, no. No. It's not a thing. Is that money in the bank? Yes. I know my wrestling. Well, it's a, I mean. It's, you said over wrestling stories today, and I was like, nope. Not going to make the cut. Lots of stuff to get to. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Eh, 
We'll have to break it down later in the week when we get a wrestling expert on. All you're going to do is mock on it. I want both sides. I want to fairly represent any wrestling story. I you listen, just you just use it as a freaking punching bag. I'm very tied in in the WWE world now. You're not like you know. me. I will fairly rep Tarasi and Liz Cambridge. Who, uh, by the way, that is on the tail end of this four game homestand. Big Liz comes to town. No. I'm sure something. There's some challenge in her way. Some hurdle she's got to overcome. That's some true. trauma for the way the Aces treated her. I would say, are you? I mean, you're including Cambage in with the list of targets, but you're also including the Mercury tonight. I mean, I don't know if, if the Mercury can be a target. They're they're in everyone's thoughts right now. It's the, the that's Brittany Griner's team, isn't it? You can't be. They can't be completely, on the, completely unrelated. They can't be on the enemy list. <laughs> She's not on the team. What? So now we got to root for them. Well, what is this? They, they, I just. <laughs> I think they the freaking they, Yankees after nine eleven. I think they just stay off our arch enemy list. Like you, you can not like them and want to beat them. Got to root for the Patriots. If you don't, I mean, come on. <laughs> that's what that's what it is. America. That's what it is. Basketball. <laughs> the Griner thing is completely separate. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm rooting for. But I'm not rooting for what, what the Mercury to come in and beat our hometown team. No, I just no. Don't, I just don't think they're on the arch enemy list. Like Liz she's, Liz Cambage she's is. on the arch enemy list. Okay, I know Liz Cambage. You is. know I like respectful losers when it comes to sports, and <laughs> sure. that's always the way I play the game at the lowest level. <laughs> yes, even now, act as you are, not as you say. <laughs> don't follow me. Yeah, or I guess I should admire her for that reason, but she's uh, she's the enemy. They both are. So I hope they go 4-0, and I hope the uh, Mercury and the game against the Sparks are both 25-point victories. So tonight, pregame coming up in the 6 o'clock hour. Well, when you uh, miss like 550 man games, as they counted, as management with VGK is apt to point out all the time, that means some people need to get fixed in the offseason. And it looks like Mark Stone is getting some sort of fix for the back. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to start surgery. When he when he did his uh, exit interview a couple weeks ago, he he said he was undecided still. Um, he he wanted to seek several different opinions and see what the best course of action was because it was obviously a back issue that hampered him all season. He he, when people talk about the man games missed, I think they also leave out Mark Stone played a grand total of I think zero healthy games this year. Uh, now that is a concern because back, you know, when you start to get around thirty, you know, back starts to be a, a real issue going forward of how how healthy is it going to be will it ever be full strength again you know the back is a is a serious concern for athletes we know that um and so mark stone wanted to decide what the best course of action was whether it be rehab or you know stretching a stretching regimen or um you know whatever would be the best course of action and it sounds like he has determined surgery to be the way to go and you know there's not a lot of positives about not being in the playoffs but one of the things the Knights talked about was they've never had a true full off season, for one thing, and they also were going to have some time to get healthy, a little bit more time than normal. And as they talked about in the coaching search, a little bit more time to have a coaching search and have a coach acclimated to the team. But in this case, Mark Stone getting the surgery very, very early in the off season uh, should benefit him if it goes well and rehab goes well. It should benefit him in terms of getting back healthy for next year. They need it. Yeah, they need it. You know, obviously, no one's good enough to miss you know 550 man games and compete for a Stanley Cup. You know, it's funny. I was thinking right before I got in the car, I was looking at Twitter because I would never read in the car. Um, and I swear, this kind of cheesy thought came across my noggin. I was like, you know, there's a lot of stories I would never know about 
in terms of like my age and you know cultural and ethnic backgrounds that I get exposed to on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I like for a second I was like, I'm glad I have Twitter. I'm glad I follow a wide range of people. There was it's whatever. I was just watching something and I'm like, I would never know about this. Um, now along those lines, it's a great way to get fan feedback, right? Like stuff I I would not see. I thought this was interesting. Someone on Twitter, Vegas's management has been real rough since that first year. Gallant, Flurry, getting Eichel, the the Danoff debacle, and now DeBoer. That's excluding the rumors of them pushing injured players to come back early or wait to get surgery. Is that a story? That last part? I mean, I would dispute almost all of it. Well, no, <laughs> but that, since we're talking stone sure. and injuries, do they have a rep around the league of rushing people and then also telling them not to get fixed? I don't not that I know of. Okay. I mean, I think this is a this is a hockey thing in general, right? It's you know, we're gonna play I mean, you can go back with the Leonard situation. Did he want surgery? Did he want to go out? Did he want to stay? It sounds like it was kind of the opposite, where they were like, dude, are you healthy or not? And he's like, Yep, I'm healthy, even though he wasn't. Um, it sounds like there is oftentimes in sports and in hockey in particular, I think a lot of lack of communication because players don't want to say they're hurt because they want to play, um, and that sort of thing. But you know, they were the team with Eichel that reached out and said, "Hey, we'll do whatever you want to do health wise." Um, I'm I'm sure once one thing starts to go, you know, in a certain direction, then everybody wants to pile on and say, "Well, they do this too, and they do this too, and they they do this too," and there's certainly been some issues with how they've run things, but I I don't know that that's necessarily them any more than any other team of having guys put off surgeries until the end of the year or not get them. We'll go through the latest rumors in terms of the list for VGK head coach. If you don't know, they fired Pete DeBoer yesterday. Some of the potential coaching candidates are already interviewing for other jobs. So in about 15, we'll get into the PGA. Cool event. In Oklahoma, but on the way back. Today, uh, last couple days have been weird in the world of NIL. Name, image, likeness, the transfer portal. And that goes for both men's basketball and football. So we'll, we'll give you the latest on some of the oddities. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. We've seen Tiger recently. We saw him at Augusta. We saw him answer the question as to whether he could walk four rounds. Now we assume he's going to get better. We've heard Tiger recently. Phil went underground. We don't know what he looks like. We haven't seen him for months. We don't know. And so the mystery attached to Phil Mickelson right now is far larger than any mystery with Tiger Woods. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. PGA talk coming up. That was uh, Kornheiser from PTI talking about the intrigue of Tiger and Phil. There is no Phil in this tournament. He dumped out just a little while ago. Um, you know, big loss, and that's one of the discussions. Like, when is this guy coming back? Is he just going to, you know, hide in shame because of his buffoonery around the uh, potential Saudi tour? Greg Norman ain't hiding. He's loud and proud. Like he said last week, hey, you know what? Khashoggi. You know, you chop them up into pieces and kill them. Everyone makes mistakes, Adam. Okay, Greg. Well, but, also the but Mickelson, I think, I'm, I'm sure Team Mickelson at this point is like, Phil, you, you, you can't control yourself. 
and you don't want to be Greg Norman right now. So just go underground and maybe time will heal. Uh, the funny thing is the rest of the golfers won't let it die because so many of them hate him. Right. Uh, Rory McIlroy said this should be a celebration, right? He won a major at 50 years old. It was possibly his last big, big moment in the game of golf. I think he should be here this week celebrating what a monumental achievement he achieved last year. He said it's unfortunate. It's sad. Yep. I don't know what else I can say. Oh, he said a lot. He said a lot the first time around when that stuff came out with Phil. So that's coming up in about uh, 12 minutes. But name, image, likeness. I think it's the first story I can remember in recent times where Adam has turned to the sun and just shook his fist. He is now angry guy in his front lawn. And I, you explained it last week. You know, they have to have some rules. It's, it could be out of control here. I thought today was really interesting because your claim, your worry is that you could just see, you know, collectives plus the school just go out and fill their holes but by just stealing other programs' players. This one's wild, right? And I'm not saying something happened, but it would seem like there had to be, there had to be some sort of enticement. So Chris Mole was a all-conference uh, linebacker for UAB. He's a Miami-area kid. UAB is Alabama-Birmingham. So he went into the portal. A publication wrote a story about him being stuck in the portal for three months. It actually helped him. He got a lot of attention. Yeah. He started getting offers. Um, I saw him out at UNLV. On, I guess, an unofficial. I don't know if it was official, unofficial, whatever. He was there. He was at practice one day. He's checking things out, right? They offered him. At the time, I think he had Kansas State. He had some – he didn't have a lot of offers. I mean, he had, he had, he had a, a volume of offers, but then it was, like, actually lower than UAB, right? I don't think that was the plan. You're an all-conference player. I'm sure your last year you're like, hey, let me make a step up, try to play at the highest level of college football – so a couple weeks after he's at UNLV, he then commits to Central Florida. So you're like, okay, well, you know, UNLV is fighting an uphill battle here. They've, they've done a great job pulling guys out of the portal. They just pulled another Power 5 guy in a defensive back prospect from Iowa State, right? And they've got other guys from, you know, Michigan State and Tennessee and Florida State. I'm, I'm missing the others. but um, So he picks Central Florida. That's a good program. Sure. You can't blame him. And it's in his home state. He's from Miami. So then yesterday, he's like, decommitted. What? Now, you. by the way, he never committed to UNLV, but UNLV had a uh, case like this where this kid, Cam Lamb, who was a 13-game starter at Utah State, transfers in to UNLV. And, like, last week, he's like, Washington State? <laughs> Wait, what? What happened? Right? So that's the crazy thing is now you're having flipping within the, you know, within the commitment process. So this morning, Chris Mall's like, Washington, like Washington from Birmingham and Orlando and Miami to Washington, Seattle. Okay. But, you know, it's, it's Pac-12 football. I don't blame him. I don't know how he got on the radar. I don't know what happened at Washington where they were like, hey, we have an opening for him, but good for him. Right. So I thought that was, that was interesting. And then the other, the sad part is then people jump to conclusions or like, you know, money bags. I'm like, I have no idea. What Microsoft money. And if, and if he did, that's, you know, that's, those are the rules right now. Bill Gates is a Washington football fan. Hey, the kid can play football. I'm sure he's going to make an impact there. I think he would have been good at UNLV, but uh, I saw that last night developing. And then today he lands at 
Washington. So another interesting one today, Adam, I don't know if you got to watch the video, but, you know, Donovan Williams is still kind of in that limbo area. NBA, he's been working out with some teams. He's been working out, you know, with a specialized trainer. Is he going to go to the NBA, stay in the draft, or come back to UNLV? So today he pops up on a video, and it's just a really quick, like, 45-second pop for a couple of casinos in Henderson. Nice. Water Street is great. It it is great. There's some great restaurants. I was just down there last week. I'm like, I guess he's coming back. Or parlaying his potential future. Capitalizing on his future NBA fame. Sure. Okay. Get on board early. Sometimes when you're a smaller spot, you got to find the guys that are, you got to find them before they blossom. Yeah. And it was for uh, Rainbow Club and Emerald Isle. I like both of those places. So Tremendous. You still live out there years ago. I don't know if it was well, Emerald it Isle at the time. Rainbow it Club, though. It wasn't as cool then, though. It was pretty cool. No, the casino was fine. But it was I mean, cool because it was undercover cool. You didn't have the areas around no, now, it, now it's Now it's blown up with all the, the new construction and revitalization. They've done a good job. Oh, breweries. And those casinos by... You know, and actually, you know the funny thing is? I... The the best part is I'm just glad that casino restaurants, the Greasy Spoons, at a lot of places are opening up again. Because like those used to be staples around town. You can go 24 hours or at least you know seven days a week. A lot of places. I mean, I just saw one of the most famous Italian places in town. It's like we're going six days a week. They're like, holy crap! You know, we're still coming out of this. There's certain like 24 hour spots that have not gone 24 hours again that are like no renowned for being 24 hour spots. That's crazy, right? Yeah. It's sad. That's my that's my wheelhouse. It is. It's both of our wheelhouses. Yeah. Late night. Yeah. Late night. All right, so we'll see what happens with Donovan Williams. Well, all you got to do is find out. Go down to Henderson and check him out. We're hanging out there. I couldn't tell if he filmed it uh, in person. He had to have. Yeah. They're lovely places. <laughs> not, you're not going to. I know you're you not. Know, you don't have to not, talk me into it. I know it. you're not going to battle me on that one. I'm a, I'm a big fan. So also on the NIL front. Um, we just saw a story where, what do we have? The Cavender twins, the two ladies who were at Fresno State basketball players, and they were supposedly raking in over a million dollars. And they're good. I mean, they're really good marketing, and their videos are awesome. And they were the first the first to sign NIL deals at all. They were in New York with their agent wow. uh, in Times Square to sign a bunch of deals at midnight the night it went into effect. Right. What the Gonzalez twins should have been right. had college sports not screwed them over. Yeah, and by, they just still so, would have run out of eligibility by the time this thing came along. But and just so people know the background of them, they essentially got bored during COVID during quarantine and started a TikTok page, hmm. and their TikTok page grew so big right away that when basketball started back up, they were able to jump right in on, on the NIL deal and you know use that popularity that they built during. During quarantine, to you know, make a whole bunch of money. Are the next Cavender twins teed up, but from soccer? Maybe. What do we got? We have two girls that play soccer in LA at Harvard Westlake, uh, who have signed NIL deals, becoming the first Nike athletes to sign NIL deals in high school. It's a good, good middle class area, Harvard Westlake. It's good for I mean, Westlake. See them, technically, Harvard Westlake is not an get, area. You know. To, to rise out of poverty is, is we always nice. we always laugh at one of our friends who talks about being from a middle class background, yeah, and we know and we know he's loaded, and 
and he went to Harvard Westlake. He at so. least acknowledged his upper middle class. Oh, he did. Okay, he did. But that's still it's not. But it's Alyssa well, Giselle. His, his Thompson. upper and my middle are nowhere near each other. No. Uh, yeah, Alyssa and Giselle Thompson. Nor yours. Well, you were at so, at uh, their junior and sophomore in high school at Harvard Westlake. Wow, have signed deals with Nike. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah, that's great. And if they make if they make money and they don't ever you know advance to a high level of sports, at least they made some money. And you know, hey, there's there's other young people who get to make money if they're famous enough or have a rare skill at you know 13, 14, 15 years old. A lot of YouTubers, is it, right? Is that it good wrong? For them. Is it wrong that I'm not like? Oh no, are you going to get back on the lawn and freaking shake your fist? No, but can we? Do we have? Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not rich. Maybe they just go to a rich school. Oh, we can't be happy for them because they they might come from money. How many athletes in high school are in like desperate need of of money, and their families are in desperate need of money? Hmm. And again, I don't know. I, it's possible. Maybe they just got scholarships and they they come from a very poor neighborhood and they just happen to be playing at this you know prestigious school right. in Southern California, like the water polo player we know. <laughs> But I mean, this like to me, if we're gonna start signing athletes to that's NIL, that's still my favorite school. part of the story is someone claiming that they, no, no, I didn't come from a, a highfalutin background. I played water polo. What the, water polo? And then, and then a, who? Where's youth water polo? A prep, a prep year, at, I think at Phillips Exeter Academy. <laughs> water polo. Yeah, hard scrabble background. But I like. And I think I saw him have he had a cameo on Snowfall. Again, these, these, these kids like awesome that we're that high school kids are now now going to take advantage of their fame and success and everything else. But there's always a but with Adam, of course. Okay, am I wrong on that? Um, I have no idea. I didn't. It wasn't. I don't care. Um, I'm not. You know, you, you kind of reeks of jealousy. No, I'm not getting a deal. It's not. It's not that I'd rather have it. Maybe you should have. I'd rather see. I'd rather. What? Yeah, maybe. I would have just, just had a little more aggression. Can I give you one more college recruiting story? That I, just a quick note that I saw. Um, there's a kid named Jackson Howard who is a tight end defensive line prospect. He's down to – he's from Minnesota. He's down to Minnesota, Miami, LSU, and Michigan, actually. He's going to visit Michigan. Um, he said, the past three years I've been blessed to be offered by 60 amazing schools. I've built relationships with so many coaches, value all the time they've spent with me. Um, after 41 unofficial visits – I have narrowed down to my top four. 41! Why not? Is there a point where you're like, I think, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't an athlete, but I think, I think I did like four visits and I was like, I can't remember anything. I just, yeah, whatever. As 41! Who, as somebody who's been on some visits, okay. not for myself. Yeah. Uh, you're going to say you remembered every single one of them. No, I okay. would take every single visit I could. It's that's, awesome. I mean, that's a good, it's, a, it's, that's, awesome. it's a good point. If your family has the money and the resources to, you know, drive around or whatever, fly to 41 schools, that is, it's kind of cool. It's awesome. So see, look, now who's the hater? Now who's on the. Exactly. No, I was just saying like, like 40, at some point I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know what, what I saw at that school. I have no idea. <laughs> well, I'll just call it another visit then. See another, right. I need more. See another one. I have to go back for a second time yeah. to find out what the heck was going on. So I remember this one. Can Adam Hill, with his real hard scrabble background, not like these two girls that he's hating on from Harvard Westlake, could Adam Hill actually afford to go as a fan to the PGA Championship? It doesn't sound like it, man. The prices are out of control. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. 
talked about that at pick 22. You know, we made that decision a while ago and uh, are very happy with what we uh, received in that transaction. And I'm sure Green Bay is happy with who they picked. So, you know, Devontae's a pleasure to be around and having the ability to, to work with them at the minicamp uh, was fun for everybody and just to start that process together. So looking forward to more of that as we go through the spring. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. studio. Football frenzy coming up in about 28 minutes. Shortly after that, National NFL Insider from Pro Football Talk, Miles Simmons. So we'll get into the Raiders and Josh McDaniels. And uh, McDaniels talking there about the draft, the lack of picks, what they got for the picks, and Devontae Adams. So, yes, should be a fruitful relationship. And I would very much enjoy if I were a coach having three guys who could all catch if there was enough uh, footballs around. They could all catch, you know, 85 and go for freaking 1,100 yards plus in Renfro and Waller, and now Devontae Adams. is going to make the jobs of uh, Renfro and Waller much, much easier. I was surprised last night when I saw a bunch of tweets reacting to Southern Hills and the PGA Championship and the concession prices. Now, I know the Masters is famous for trying to keep things under control. Now, you know, I'm sure you have to have a freaking war chest, Mega connections to get into the Masters. So, like, yeah. it ain't cheap on the front end, but uh, at least you can get that stupid pimento sandwich for whatever, two bucks. Um, yeah. And water's not 14. How bad was it? How bad is it at the PGA? I mean, how bad? I think it's normal for sporting events now. It's nor- I'll tell you this. That's normal- the crazy thing. When I saw it, I was like, uh, I just paid that, and I'm sure Adam saw prices like that at Lovers and Friends. Uh, for sure. I was like, wait, is this the price list from the festival? It's not that now, big. us reacting to concession prices that high and being desensitized, like no big deal, it sucks. Of course. Like, I've, lo- I've lost the freaking, I've lost the fervor, right? I know you don't watch commercials, but the insurance commercial with Dr. Rick and young parents turning into their old parents and they go to a movie theater and he's like, they're all looking at the board at the movie theater. Like, that's me. Every time I go to the movie theater, it's actually, it's as much a reason why I don't go to the movies as anything else. Cause I walk in and I'm like, I'm like 16 for popcorn. I'm like 11 for a beer. Come on. And then I'm out. So but Dr. Rick's like, price can be high. Just accept it. <laughs> right. And that's what you need. when you go to these sporting events, it's like you what you can do. I mean, the water part sucks. I think charging five, eight, ten bucks for water is ridiculous. Yeah. But everything else, I mean, you can just not have it. Although golf can be a long day for a yeah. fan. I would make the argument they should make water like at cost almost. <laughs> like people, like people are especially outside hot events. Mm-hmm. Like credit to you, just have a water the- station and let people bring in refillable yeah. bottles. Yeah, and yes. within reason for you know safety. Yeah, I think, you know, I don't think that's going to impact you that much because I don't think people, you know, buy water at that cost that much. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But it's for safety, so I, I think you should do that. But you do know, like, if you're going to go drink at these events, it's going to cost you. Uh, Michelob Ultra, $18. Stella, $19. Uh, I paid, wine. I paid 14 for Mick Ultra at a show last Thursday, and the last time, I'm pretty sure I have it right, the last time I was at the Fortress – Tall boy is 21. I think that sounds right. Okay. Raiders are a little bit cheaper. Not much. Yeah. A little bit cheaper. So 18, sadly, is kind of the norm here. Which is sick. uh, Because you can get, I don't know if you guys are big tall boy drinkers, but when I go to the convenience store, they're generally sitting at, uh, you know, a good special will be three for eight or three for nine. Three for nine. I'll go with the, uh, the tall boy seltzer. 
Uh, Tall Boy Seltzer was 13 at the show I was at. Yeah, I think I paid 18. Ooh! Oh! At Lovers and Friends on Sunday. Ooh! Uh, That's nice. I could be wrong. Cocktails. It says here, margaritas, mules, and a uh, highball, ginger highball, 19 bucks. I mean, it really is amazing how desensitized we are here. Oh, like, yeah. Wait, a mixed drink for 19? Well, I don't. Wait, did they offer a double? Like, uh, where was I at? Oh, it was at a comedy show a couple of weeks ago. It was like uh, the double was 28. <laughs> like, holy crap. <laughs> now, I don't, none of, neither of us are saying this is acceptable. It's not. It's just, it, you understand, that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous on every level. But also, we go to enough sporting events that we under, and events and shows and concerts and everything else that we know that, that that's what it is. And if you're going to plan your day, either you plan around not drinking or drinking before and after or something. Like, or or you just pay it. I mean, yeah. I guess that's the that's the other alternative. Um, then I also saw the science of the tall boy, and people are like, you can't even drink it quick enough. I can. Let me tell you something. If, I'm, if I pay 18, that it's gonna get too warm. 21 for a tall boy, I'm drinking it. Like, And it's going to be fast. So, but like you said, we, I think we noticed a story where like, ah, whatever. But now Justin Thomas, the golfer, the golfer. Although I saw Kepka say, if you drink enough, it's not going to matter. Thanks rich guy. Uh, He said $18 for a beer. A what? Got to treat the fans better than that. Face plant emoji. I love that. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and co. Now back to Cofield and company in the Finley Toyota studio. 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 Rolling on, Cofield and company here on a Tuesday. Let's get into some NFL talk and really some important health messages when it comes to making sure players of all ages are being safe when playing football and examining their health as often as possible. We have a chance now to talk to Rob Etherington from Clean Nano Medicine. Solomon Wilcott is with us, veteran NFL player and National Football League insider. Guys, before we get to the important information about ALS and some of the advancements, Solomon, I wanted to hit the NFL with you from the scheduling standpoint. Last week was crazy. Do you remember back in our day this much hype about the schedule coming out? It's crazy, right? You know, as a a young person, as a kid growing up in Los Angeles, California, I absolutely loved everything about the NFL. And I remember I was one of those curious kids that would wait for the magazines to come out. You had to wait literally a month after the draft, almost into the summer, and you could get it from Sports Illustrated or Lindy's magazine, and you'd go through it, and you could pour it through and say, okay, who do we draft? Um, And there was no free agency, right? But you really had to scour the earth for information on your team, let alone other teams in the NFL. And then after I retired, after I played seven years in the NFL, started working in broadcasting, I've been in meetings where um, we're talking about how to grow our sport and how to capture the minds and imagination of NFL fans, how to grow the fan base. And it really was about creating content 365 days a year, all year round, where when you and I were kids, they only gave you information in season. They only covered the sport as long as they were playing games. Mm-hmm. And nobody covered the NFL in the offseason. They certainly didn't cover the draft. They certainly didn't cover schedule release. I mean, to that point, we just had the NFL draft in Las Vegas and casinos rule Las Vegas. We don't close down portions of the strip ever. Yeah, and the, 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 NFL, the, the NFL came in. They're like, we're, we need this. We're doing this. You're giving us this. And right. Vegas was like... Okay. And, and you know why? Because it's like a uh, 
economic stimulus package, right? I mean, you know, Las Vegas doesn't let anybody come in and and uh, and and shut down the city, and not just anyone can come into Vegas and and create a spark like that. Yeah. But the NFL was big enough to be able to do that. I think it says a lot about the NFL, but I think it says a lot about its um, its media partnerships and the platforms that we have. That's why we have Rob Etherington on today because. We can reach a broader audience. There yep. is this natural connection um, between the NFL and ALS, um, but we also can reach a broader audience and let sports fans know. And if your son has played not just the NFL, but any sport, that we all need to be more aware of the new innovative treatments that need to come to the market, but also that we need to be checking our health making sure we're taking care of ourselves as well. Yeah, Rob Atherington is with us from uh, Clean Medicine, Solomon Wilcox, the NFL veteran, NFL Sider is with us as well here on Cofield and Company. Rob, do you have a favorite team in the National Football League? Well, I'm, I'm based out of Salt Lake, Steve, so Raiders is closest by far, and I um, lived for 15 years in the Bay Area oh. before the Raiders came over. So yeah. the fact that I'm this, this close to, to Vegas makes, frankly, tremendous sense for the Raiders. Okay. And you weren't a Niners fan, though. You like You didn't jump ship to the Raiders. <laughs> no, no, no. And uh, Steve Young's a friend of mine, actually. Oh, really? No, Steve. No, Steve. Yeah. So, you know, this, the, 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 but, but the Niners and Raiders, they, you know, they, they have this very healthy rivalry across both sides of the Bay. And uh, it's probably easier to now that they're bifurcated in San Jose and Vegas. Yeah. Uh, Solomon, on the schedule, the Raiders actually, uh, they get Niners Chiefs to close out, which I think is really fascinating because I would assume all three are going to be very much in playoff contention. Yeah. That said, I mean, there, there's a chance the Chiefs could have something clinched. Do you think the Chiefs have a chance to go out and win, you know, 13 or 14 games to lock up that one seed before the very end of the season? Can they be that good, or are they due for a drop-off without Tyreek Hill? First of all, here, here's what's happened, right? Tyreek Hill leaves. Uh, the Chiefs will be good. You and I both know they won the AFC West six consecutive years. I mean, that's a stranglehold on the division. I don't think that stranglehold will continue. I think the Denver Broncos are way too good. I think the Las Vegas Raiders are are too good. I think the L.A. Chargers are too good. I think the entire AFC (laughs) is too good for one team, any team, to win 14 games out there if you play in the AFC. You're going to take one on the chin. You hope to give a few back. But I I don't think this dominance thing that we've seen over the last few years – I don't think it continues. You've got too many good teams in the AFC West, but you still have Buffalo out there. You still have the New England Patriots out there. You've got, um, you know, Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow out there. So there are just way too many good teams in the AFC, I think, for for this to be a one-team race and everyone else playing for second. I think those days are over. That's crazy, the depth. We didn't even mention the Browns and the upside of uh, Deshaun Watson gets to play most of the season, and the Patriots are coming late in the season to have that, you know, the Belichick against his guys, Patriots West, as we're setting up here. It is nuts that the Patriots, like, even if Mac Jones takes another step, the Patriots might have trouble being anything better than, like, the seventh best team in the AFC. You know, Steve, I could could say this to you. I, I don't I am never laying chips on the table against Bill Belichick. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? I mean, so, like, if you're teetering or if they're going to go this way or that way, I'm going to err on the side. The guy's too good. Yeah. He really is that good. Yeah. And, and Josh McDaniel, quietly, if you had a conversation with him, he'd be like, nah, he is pretty good. And that's the reason why the Raiders hired, if you can't hire Bill, you hire the next best thing. 
And I think Josh McDaniel is that. And I think he's grown into becoming his own coach. So I think you're going to – I think you get the – remember Bill Belichick with the Cleveland Browns? He was better the second time around with the Patriots, right? His yep. second stop as a head coach. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways that's what the Raiders are getting in Josh McDaniel. They're getting the second version, the guy who learned from his own mistakes, has matured, grown into the job, so to speak. And now I think the planets will align for him. But – now, I'm, I'm a big believer in Bill Belichick because I think he's just that good. I've always said he's playing chess and everyone else is playing checkers. Yep. <laughs> he's got, um, obviously, the Bills on top of him. And then he's got, I think, the Dolphins nipping at his heels. I don't know what kind of coach Mike McDaniel's going to be. I, he's you know apparently a brilliant guy, Ivy League guy. So we'll see how it works out. I, I thought, yeah, like the NFL is so big. There was a piece of video out this week, and I thought the reaction to it was one of the dumbest things I've seen in years. And that was... Tua throwing just, you know, some some workout throws, and there's a video out there of him throwing a Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek Hill has to sort of stop and catch the ball on a deep pass. And people flipped out. They're like, this is not going to work. I'm like, it's practice. Do you know how many you know how many throws quarterbacks make in practice? You can tell them, Solomon, like, if you, th- if you put out video of every QB throw, I mean, you, you can't analyze quarterbacks like that. Hey, I think one of the greatest quarterbacks – that we've ever seen, Peyton Manning. I mean, I've watched him throw some balls where the spiral wasn't nearly as tight as maybe adjusted Herbert's pass. You know, Herbert's passes are beautiful. There's some quarterbacks that throw a tighter spiral, some it's a little loose, as long as it gets to where it needs to go. Quarterbacks are, are like this. The best ones is not about who can throw it the hardest or the tightest spiral. It's about poise when people are coming at you. Imagine you had to do your job right now, talking over that microphone. That's right. <laughs> and people are coming to coming to knock your head off. I mean, and still keeping your poise, yeah. heading to commercial break or coming out of the break. Right? <laughs> you know, imagine doing uh, the Super Bowl and that uh, and having the lights go out on you. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> in there, trust me. <laughs> so, no, no, it's about poise. It's about. When things are, are, are breaking down around you, when chaos is created around you, you rise above it. You still have the ability to calm the waters, still make the plays. And the other 10 guys in the huddle with you, they tend to to take their cue from you, the quarterback. And that's, that's what separates the good ones from the great ones. If people want to flip out over a video, let them do that. That's what they do. But you're right, it doesn't translate into wins or losses. Let's close on uh, what Rob is working on with uh, clean medicine. Rob Etherington is with us, Solomon Wilcots. So you talked about the the higher percentage of NFL players uh, coming down with ALS. What would you tell parents who have their kids going into football? You know, most, most football players start pretty early and there's the head collisions. Like how much can uh, players do, parents do, to prevent the injuries? What would you tell parents? So we don't know for sure if the higher incidence is because of those injuries. So I just want to make a note of caution there. Um, Researchers couldn't determine exactly why the rate was higher for athletes. Um, We've seen such data with uh, college football, uh, professional uh, NFL football. Is it repetitive head head trauma? Is it traumatic brain injuries? We're not sure. Um, And so I want to just caution that. Mm -hmm. Um, But but we do think that we need to get the awareness out that ALS is is a serious disease. Many people have heard of it now, but we need more and more to do so. Um, just this last year, the U.S. government 
um, authorized one of the rare bipartisan congressional acts of the second half of last year, authorized a lot of money to go to research for ALS. That's exactly what needs to happen. Uh, this is a devastating disease. Um, and so I, to your question, uh, you know, all of us need, need to be careful that we you know, protect the head. That's certainly the case. But, but we can't only focus on that part um, for this disease. Uh, but what we can focus on is awareness, research money. And uh, what we want to avoid is, again, from, from Lou Gehrig to the first drug, that was a 56-year drought. And then since then, in 96, I think the first drug was approved. There's just been two drugs approved. So we're sitting now in a renaissance of ALS care. And that's kind of the message that Clean has. Uh, we spend uh, you know, our nights and our days working 24-7 here. Our lead drug we call CDMA-8. It's in mid to late stage clinical trials. That means depending upon results, we could move quickly to file for an approval. And if this data is positive, then we could turn our attention to getting the drug approved. And there's a lot of investigation now. So if, if anybody um, uh, you know, has a need to learn more about ALS, they can go to the IMALS website. They can go to clean.com's website. They can uh, participate in a clinical study. There's just a lot of things that are happening. And we want to get attention out there that ALS is a devastating disease, but more and more research is helping more and more drugs come to market, and we hope we're we're part of that cure. And Steve, I, I would uh, add to that. Yeah, you can go to the, the website at clean.com, that's C-L-E-N-E.com. But to answer your question, in, in addition to what Rob had to say, um, we believe that football offers so many more positives um, in terms of allowing young people to change the trajectory of their lives. Football has opened up uh, a portal for people like myself uh, to be able to learn, even at an early age, right, leadership skills, the ability to work well with others, the ability to overcome setbacks and adversity in life. you got to learn how to lose sometimes, too, before you learn how to win. And you got to learn how to overcome failure. Not every one of us, every time we stepped out on the football field, uh, were successful right away, but through diligence and hard work and 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 self-assurance and the confidence as it grows with one successful moment after another, you get better. And you see these kids who are walking across the stage at the NFL draft, their story began somewhere amongst the group of a lot of kids who just dreamed of playing in the NFL and their dreams came true. Um, but yet they're also learning to play the game safely, the equipment, and, and football has gotten so much better. The way that we coach the game is so much smarter. Um, and so that we hope that um, uh, some of these neurodegenerative diseases are someday hopefully not linked uh, to football or to other collision sports. Uh, but as long as they are, we still can act proactively um, into helping to, to create new treatments while at the same time pursuing our dreams, goals, and aspirations um, in a very smart and intelligent way. Guys, thanks for the conversation. That was great, and it's really important to get the stuff out there. And uh, you know, to you, Solomon, I appreciate you hooking the uh, Vegas audience up with uh, health information, health awareness like this. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. See, I got a great broadcast partner in Rob. NFL insider from SiriusXM and PFF, Solomon Wilcots, along with Clean Nano Medicines, Rob Etherington. Look them up on the web. Lots of important information to digest. Giveaway time. Ticket window is open, 364-1100, 364-1100. David Blaine is coming to Vegas 
For his first ever residency, we've got two tickets right now. Magician, Extreme Illusionist, Stunt Artist, David Blaine. It's going to be at Resorts World Theater. Starts on September 30th. We've got two tickets right now, 364-1100. To get your own tickets, go to AXS.com or RWLasVegas.com. Tickets go on sale this coming Monday, the 23rd, for David Blaine Live.